This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robot Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Lila and Josh, fellow Thoughtbotters. How's it going, guys? Great. How are you? It's going great. Uh, so you guys just recently finished uh, a new book called Geocoding on Rails. That's pretty exciting. It is, yeah. So uh, can you give a quick, uh, Josh, you want to start with Josh, give us a quick uh, overview of what the book's about? Uh, sure. So the, the goal of the book really is to, is to teach Rails developers how to integrate uh, a geocoding into their Rails application. So most Rails applications nowadays, or a very large number of them, end up dealing with location data, right? So the goal is, with this book, you should be able to, without knowing anything about geocoding within the context of a Rails app, be able to create new models, set those up so that uh, we're storing coordinate information, so information where it would where it would fall on a map, and be able to query against that data, display that data to their end users, and also be able to test a Rails app because testing within that context is a little bit trickier than you know, a normal Rails app. Okay, so geocoding refers to like storing locations of things, like turning a location in space into... Right, the act of geocoding is to take, uh, be it an address, postal code, uh, city, state, uh, whatever information you can have, even an IP address, and turn it into a coordinate, which can be mo- plotted on a map. So Lila, you guys wrote this because you have actually had to do this for some clients in the past, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so this is sort of extracted out of some of that work, or the, at least the ideas are? Yes, uh, yeah, for for a project back in April, um, I found myself having to set up search functionality for a database of schools nationwide and uh, got to be familiar with the geocoder gem during that project and subsequently got to play around a little bit with PostGIS um, in June. Okay, and what is that? PostGIS is a spatial database extender for Postgres. So what that means is uh, if you install PostGIS, it allows your Postgres database to handle spatial data types. Hmm. Okay, so it adds a new data type to Postgres, basically. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, how long did this take to write, you guys? This is sort of a joint effort, right? It was a joint effort. We started, I think... It was back at the very end of May, early June. And back then we had kind of anticipated, you know, it would take maybe two months. And it was, I think the goal back then was, originally it was a blog post. Yeah, originally it was a blog post. And then it was 30 pages. We thought, oh, we could write a 30-page ebook about yeah. this. <laughs> awesome. And so the, the final thing ended up around uh, 50 pages, it looks like? Yeah, but it was just over 50 pages of, of content. What's uh, what's in this bad boy? So you started talking about uh, the gem and then the Postgres data type. Uh, what are the sort of? The, can you give me a gist of what gets covered? Uh, yeah. So so we start off with just a brief introduction. You know what is geocoding and you know how does it impact a Rails developer? And then we go basically straight into developing a real world Rails application. So we have roughly eleven thousand. Starbucks locations that we use as seed data. Mm. And we basically build an application off of that. So we go through the standard workflow of, okay, well, let's first display all the locations. And once the locations are displayed, let's then search those locations based on postal code. 
And then from there, we expand onto, okay, well, I want to be able to search by an address or a city and state and filter down that way. We add uh, plotting the points on a map with Google Maps, Mm -hmm. and then we go into performance optimizations. And then finally, we discuss how to test it. So we do uh, test-driven development within the Rails app, but we actually cover the application first and then uh, go back and discuss how we tested it because there are definitely some, as I mentioned before, some issues with you know, figuring out how to test uh, the, the specific geocoding aspects of it. Yeah, is that, is that tricky because you're working with external services or is it something else? That's exactly it, yep. So we're dealing with uh, the external, external service, whatever we're actually... Uh, whatever service we're actually hitting with a geocoder gem, mm-hmm. which is typically Google, but sometimes it'll be like Yandex or whatever. And then in addition to that, you have aspects like geocoding based on IP address, which is a little bit trickier. And then you've got all the JavaScript components like the uh, the, geoloca- the W3C geolocation API, which basically asks the browser to figure out where you are in the world. So, Lila, if someone was coming to you and, and needed a, a quick high-level view of this, would you point them towards the Geocoder gem? Is that what you? Is that sort of was that a good experience for you guys? Yes, Geocoder is our I think our go-to gem um, for basically doing whatever you need to do with geocoded data. It provides a really nice interface to external geocoding services. So yeah, I think Geocoder. Okay. Any other high level advice to people? If if your your friend was like, Hey, I just got like I need thirty second overview of like what to do with this. Anything else you would tell them? Yeah, I'd also tell people if you if you don't um, if you're just dealing with US cities uh, and zip codes, I would say consider the area gem. With the area gem you can avoid hitting external services. So it it makes searches a lot faster. Okay. But it only works if you're dealing strictly with U.S. cities. and zip codes. So it has like its own little kind of mini database of, of those things? Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So you, you guys dig into eventually into uh, performance issues in this, which is nice because that seems like, that's like, seems like one of those real world things that you don't think about up front. And it's like, okay, yeah, we can absolutely have you search by location. And then eventually you're like, wow, this is way too slow. Yeah, so when you hit, you know, in, in our experience, at least with uh, Google, uh, and geocoding requests through Google, it takes or it adds anywhere between 50 and 150 milliseconds to every single request. So that actually adds up, and it's it's a pretty significant performance hit. Mm. So right off the bat, uh, the geocoder gem is enabled to work with Redis. Um, so it relies on Redis's the Ruby gem Redis. It relies on the Ruby gem Redis's um, public interface for how to add and interact with the cache. But we actually cover in the book how to set it up with memcache. And the reason why is because it's very easy to set up memcache on Heroku and integrate it with Rails cache. Hmm. Which is which is our usual deployment. Technique. Exactly, yep. Hmm. Okay, so we started to touch on uh, one thing that makes testing this hard, which is the external dependencies, or you have sort of external requirements. Uh, did you guys develop any techniques or use any techniques for mitigating that? So we basically use dependency injection throughout the entire application. Okay. So the goal really was to decouple our application from the geocoder gem. And that's not to say that we don't like the geocoder that gem. The geocoder gem in and of itself is absolutely wonderful. And it hooks in very well with active record or active model type interfaces. Mm-hmm. But the problems that we were seeing were that it was very difficult to write good tests. And the the one example that I always go back to is Geocoder provides 
a way to stub out requests. So the idea there is if I search for the address 41 Winter Street in Boston, it's going to get the, the coordinate for the Thapa office, mm-hmm. right? But the problem with that is that it ends up that data, both the query and the coordinate returned, ends up getting stuck in a file within spec support, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the issue with that is you end up littering your entire test suite with the mystery guest. So every single time you do a query, you're going to be referring to the coordinates defined in this external file. Mm. And if you do any sort of querying and relying on that data, it becomes difficult to coordinate what ends up happening or in terms of what you're searching for and then where those results end up being defined. And it, as yeah. I said, it's in a spec support file. So mystery guess is a, is a testing smell where you something shows up, data shows up in your test that is not like local to the test itself. Exactly. So you're like, okay, do the query. And now the result comes back and like, it's the result is from this file, which is stored over there. Right. And so it's not totally obvious how you're like exercising is related to the, the data you get back. Right. So a good example would be, let's say I set up my test data in, uh, Boston and in San Francisco, and then I do a search for Boston, it's not immediately obvious where I'm actually, because I know I'm hitting or I'm stubbing out the external request, it's not immediately obvious where that data is being defined. Mm. So if you follow a pattern of, you know, throwing everything within spec support geocoder.rb or wherever you define those stubs, Mm -hmm. that's great. But it's still, you end up having to correlate uh, whatever test you're working on and that file you know, whenever you add a new test for integrating with this data. Mm. And then it's also a bit confusing because, you know, you might end up uh, searching based on uh, an individual string and that string might change, you know, based on a single space and that will actually impact the stub or stubs that you've already defined. Okay. So at the end of the day, what we ended up doing was basically decoupling the entire uh, rail stack from the geocoder gem. So we defined our own interface for requesting information from Geocoder mm-hmm. and then being able to swap that out with dependency injections. So throughout all of our tests, we actually interact with a fake mm-hmm. instead of the actual Geocoder gem and relying on the Geocoder stubs. So what that means is the test ends up being a little bit more verbose. And the reason why is because we have to say, when I search for this address, I get these coordinates back. Mm-hmm. But then you've completely mitigated that, that mystery guest because both the search query that you know you're going to use within the test and the coordinates returned for that are all in one spot. Totally. And it's, is this... Is there an established pattern for this? Is this like the adapter pattern where you sort of just write a wrapper around an existing thing? Or is this like a proxy? Or I don't know if this is an established thing. Because I've used this before, and I'm not sure if it has a name. Right. It's basically an adapter. Um, and the idea there is this adapter should be able to interact with, you know, if you decide, hey, Geocoder is not the right choice for this application, let's swap it out. Mm-hmm. Because your application is relying on that class, the application itself doesn't need to change, assuming right. that the class doesn't change, which it shouldn't. Yeah, I've used this technique before for other external dependencies, and I think it's really nice. Like it, the, the overhead of having this like proxy in there is actually fairly small. Like it's not a hard class to write because it just translates from like this method call to a method call on Geocoder, exactly, or, or whatever you know the the thing is. Um, but it's like a nice insurance policy. It's like if this, if we ever swap this out, it becomes much uh, easier to do so. Yep, and 
it sort of follows one of those nice OO principles, which are like depend on things that are less likely to change. Exactly. So when you define an interface, which is like, okay, here's how you ask geocoding type questions, that interfaces tend to be more stable than use this gem with these method names. And actually, you know, in the, in the test-driven Rails workshop that I give, mm-hmm. we do exactly that. We interact with Twitter um, when we start dealing with third-party services. And we do, we do that exactly. We create a searcher class, which relies on the Twitter gem, but it, but it abstracts that entire interface. So you can actually rely on Twitter, or rather on the searcher class, and not care about the intricacies of the Twitter gem itself. So. Yeah. And I love this technique because it, it makes your code easier to change, but it also makes it easier to test. Exactly. Because now you can get rid of this uh, external dependency, which I think is where a lot of people get tripped up on doing TDD in particular, mm-hmm. is when they start hitting things outside their own app. Right. Awesome. So it turns out OO, good OO design like benefits you in a bunch of different ways. Definitely. Yep. And you know, at the end of the day, our test suite is faster no more mystery guests, mm-hmm. and it's immediately obvious for each test where we're geocoding, what's actually happening, what we expect to see, and, and you sounds, know, it makes us feel a lot more confident. Yeah, it sounds like we could extract this information and reuse it in a different testing book. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like a good technique. Mm-hmm. Cool. I saw in the book a reference to reverse geocoding. What is that? Reverse geocoding is taking um, coordinates and translating them to an address or place of interest. Okay, so when you say coordinates, you're, this is like latitude, longitude? Yes, yes. Okay. Is it often that you need this sort of going backwards ability? Well, if you are using the W3C geolocation API, you can get uh, the coordinates of a, of a browser request or a, a mobile request. And then to do anything with that information, you need to reverse geocode it. So that's a good use case. Gotcha. So you know someone is somewhere, like what's the closest thing to me or something? Exactly. So uh, since we are podcasting in the now and releasing this in the future, this book is actually already available. Uh, so you can go get a copy. You can go to learn.thoughtbot.com slash geocoding on Rails as one word. Uh, we'll also link that up in the show notes, of course. And if you purchase the book, you get that app which we talked about, uh, the fully tested app, and then all that useful commit data. Uh, And of course, if you are a Prime subscriber, you get this for free. So enjoy that. And uh, Josh and Lila, I'm sure, will be fielding questions on pull requests and issues on the repo and all that and uh, helping you with your thorny issues. Uh, Well, guys, I appreciate you coming by and talking about that today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. So if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to learn... Where am I looking at my notes? You can go to thoughtbot.com slash giantrobot slash 69. Today's podcast was recorded and edited and produced by Mike Manor. Thanks for listening.